0: Hey friends, welcome to Women, Wine, and Leadership. This week, we're talking about workplace strategies. That means strategies in the workplace that are working for women who are leading like a boss. Regardless of title, we're talking about living a life of leadership. So grab yourself a friend or a couple of friends and go to the break room and listen to this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Today's podcast features Paula Martin, the founder and chief executive officer of the Matrix Management, our chief creative officer. Did I get that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the term creative officer, and I'm not going to steal the, uh, the show here. We got connected when I heard about some massive, awesome things that your company is doing. So I want to let you have the floor, Paula, and let us know. Who you are, my friend from Austin, Texas. My, tech, my <laughs> accent always comes out when I have people from Texas on the phone. Um, let us know about you and your work background and how you started Matrix Management Institute.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a long story. So um, let me talk about Chief Creative Officer first, if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I have a real problem with titles. So one of the things that the Matrix Management Institute does is we're trying to get rid of the operating system that features the hierarchy and position titles really sort of sit in the hierarchy so you are like one thing right but mostly we all play multiple roles and so it's really difficult trying to decide on like, what are you going to put on your business card? And when people join the organization, they're like, what is my title? I'm like, I don't know, make something up. I don't care. You know, it's, it's really irrelevant to me. I'm with you. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I spend most of my time really in the creative sphere as opposed to the quote unquote executive sphere, which I kind of don't really believe much in anyway. So I decided I would just make up my own title, and lo and behold, lots of other people are called that too, but it um, it resonates with me because uh, also as an institute, we're trying to do things that are creative and new and different and shift paradigms. So that's kind of our mission in life is to create a change in the world similar to you. We're trying to make organizations much more humane Which I think ultimately means bringing more of the feminine element into the equation right to more about partnerships and collaboration and getting rid of this patriarchal hierarchical power structure that we've had for 2000 years. So that's no easy task, right? Yeah, no small (laughs) job. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So
1: um, this is actually my fourth uh, attempt at this. I've been at this for quite a long time and actually took a break, sold my last company and did about 10 years of individual spiritual slash life coaching and then ended up deciding it was time to kind of take another crack at the Changing the world on a bigger scale so I started the matrix management Institute in two thousand
0: and thirteen and it looks like so, you're in partnership with other people who are like-minded in your mission
1: yeah I and it's um we've we have a really great team and because we teach collaboration and uh, we practice what we preach yeah. so it's a very collaborative environment and so it's a lot of fun it's just You know, it's a lot of fun working with other creative people who are good at what they do and kind of mixing it all together and seeing what
0: comes out of all of that, as
1: opposed to me trying to be the sole driver of the bus. Yeah,
0: you You work with people who have great ideas and you can work together as a team. I love that whole aspect of collaboration. I really think that we're better together than any one of us on our own. Absolutely. Love the concept of getting everybody um, to bring their best to create something bigger than we can do. And I often talk about that in my messaging. I'm like, I try on new titles all the time. I just really am not married to titles. And if I believe another title is going to match what I'm doing this week or this month, I'll just switch it because I want people to know it's not about a title, and, and I actually feel a little bit weary about creating a company and then calling myself CEO. <laughs> I, mean, um, I feel like it, it. There's there's a message in there that kind of bothers me, and yet you know I also work with um, other business strategists on how to be the CEO of your small business. And it sounds like you've done that successfully four times. Um, I'm curious to know how you have managed your small business like a boss. Um, what was it also that that caused you to go from that independent coaching back into changing the workplace? It's a big switch. Um,
1: well, I've, I've kind of always been, uh, well, we've been on this. I guess it's sort of two prong path. One is sort of how do you shift organizations? This is kind of where I started in the training and consulting sphere and did that for a long time but I'm also very interested in the personal transformation sphere. Yeah. Um, so like we have a, an operating system that we introduce into organizations that has sort of two parts to it. One is the organizational system side. And what do you need to do to one you need to change on the organizational side if you're really going to break this hierarchy down, yeah. and the other is the leadership side, so a lot of companies focus very much on the leadership side, right. that sort of individual transformation, which is important, but if you don't change the context within which people are working, it kind of sort of migrates back to that very old power structure, yeah. so I guess um I'm kind of do both, you know, um, I'm actually working on a new blog that has to do with well, living a bigger life as an individual. Yeah. That's not even really organizationally focused. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just sort of schizoid. I can't quite make up my mind, which I wanted to, no. but I, but the thing about starting a new company again was, um, and, and I can't repeat on air what my husband said to me when I told him I was going to start another company. He thought I was <laughs> out of my blank mind. But yeah. there's some things that you know. So, so I'm very purpose driven. So, yeah. If my purpose is such that I can't do it on my own, and I do enjoy working on my own, but it it takes a team of people, then you need an organization. And individual coaching I could do very easily on my own and I enjoyed it. But sort of if you wanna change the nature of how organizations operate on a global scale, that's not something you can do by yourself, right? So True. Um, so then you're kind of back into running an
0: organization, which uh, you know, is hard.
1: It's not easy. Because
0: there's there's the work and then there's the running the business part of it. Are you, do you have full-time employees? How many employees do you have? Um,
1: We have, um, we don't use employees. We use all subcontractors, but um, many of them are full-time. So, you know, for all essential purposes, they are employees, but they, um, we have like um, between eight and 12 people. So it's not very big.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's good. It's manageable. Um, Yeah. Not that people need to be managed. I have a human asset philosophy that says you can't manage human assets. And that goes back to what you said before that I think was brilliant about helping people see a bigger purpose in the world, whether they're doing that at work right now, if they understand where they fit and who they are, they bring so much more to the game.
1: Right. Right. And I think I mean, for me, purpose is the inspiration and the driver, right? So I can't sort of manufacture this. A drive and inspiration I have waking up every day right. and excited about working and I work every day I worked yesterday it was Christmas I don't I don't do <laughs> holidays so it's just one day where there's nothing open and I can't go out to eat but um, <laughs> so I work every day I work on vacations I love working I love what I do So, but that's mostly because I'm very aligned to what I feel my purpose is. Yeah. And as I get older, I'm even more motivated because the amount of time I have to achieve what I want to achieve, I keep stretching out my goals. So it used to be, I had a 25 year goal that was like, I don't know, maybe nine years ago. And I thought, okay, you know. And now I have another twenty-five years goal, so I have to stay really healthy, or I'm going to die before I reach it. So yeah, definitely. So it you know it also is motivating to, you know, take care of my body, which is not um, typically the high on my list. But if I'm going to reach my goals, this this human body thing has to stay functioning so i'm glad um,
0: you said that because i was afraid if people heard that you work on holidays and you work on vacation that there's no balance or or synchronicity in your life but it sounds like you're perfectly aligned with your purpose and that's why you don't really make a sacrifice in that regard but how do you keep yourself physically fit which helps you to be mentally and emotionally fit
1: yeah so I mean, I'm sort of in joy every single day. So what do people typically seek outside of work is that feeling of joy. Yeah. So, you know, I think what, you know, I'm assuming you're about and what I'm about is let's bring that joy into the work. Let's use all that energy.
0: Right. Um,
1: And then um, I have a very simple life. I work, I go swing dancing and I sleep. So I that's that. pretty much
0: it. <laughs> well, you're swing dancing. Well, there's your exercise. Cause I know you get, your that's heartburn. it. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. Your husband likes to dance too.
1: No, I go by myself. Okay. I'm a, uh, he's a musician. He goes out and plays music and I go out and, uh, It's a, it's a dance that everybody just dances with everybody else. And so I have all these dance husbands that I dance with. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) I know my husband is grateful for those people because he, that keeps him off the dance floor. So I'm going to, where you go.
1: I don't drag my husband along. We've, we found this place where he does what he loves to do and I do what I love to do. And then there are some things we love to do together. And so then we do those together, but yeah. we don't try and sort of force each other's hobbies on each other. So
0: yeah. that's uh, really smart. Works. I'm going to have to let my husband know that I don't have to go ice fishing in order for us to have a, a synchronistic relationship. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> for heaven's sakes, he, no, that, that would be a big
0: to, no. <laughs> he doesn't have to come to yoga class either. <laughs> so That's right. That's um, right. That's amazing. So um, that swing dancing keeps you going. You know, I'm a big fan of neuroscience and just um, the kind of physical activity. And especially with swing dancing like that, you're doing a lot of cross lateral stuff. You have to memorize movements across your body and twists and turns and where to put your feet. (laughs) So I think it's probably really good for healthy brain function. I'm curious translating that into the workplace How are you seeing people wake up in terms of their whole health, their uh, mind, spirit, body health, and how that applies to excellence in the workplace?
1: I don't see a lot of people waking up. Um, I, You know, we have a lot of, um, well, I don't spend a lot of time with clients anymore. Mostly I'm working on the creative product development side. So maybe this has changed. but the work environment, oh, it's just pretty oppressive I, I most, for most of our clients. And um, so, yeah, we have a lot of work to do. I, yeah. I just don't, <laughs> you know, I see people like sort of really dragging at work and then outside of work, they're completely energized and doing all these fabulous things and yeah. that's you know, it's just such a loss. I remember many, many years ago, I was working with this uh, manufacturing client that I had worked with a lot. And they were restructuring into something called focus factories, where they were trying to get out of the functional siloed approach to manufacturing. Yeah. This is sort of early supply chain days. Anyway, right. they wanted to train all the union workers who had never been at an offsite training before. Yeah. and Yeah have them understand um, kind of this new approach to how the manufacturing process would work. So I ended up simulating all of their focus factories as a board game that could be played by like six to eight people. And so we took all of these union workers who maybe had a high school education. Most of them had been there for a very long time. It was a big pharma company. And we got them playing this game. And My client, who was the VP, as they started playing this game, he was just, his mouth was just, you know, hanging open. And he's like, I can't believe these are the same people I see in the plant every day. It was like these sort of automatons had become like real excited you know, smart human beings before his eyes, it was like this eye-opening experience, because they were engaged, and they were collaborating, and they were learning something, and they were having fun, I mean, why can't we have fun at work, I don't understand why, (laughs) why
0: not, (laughs) not?
1: and we don't need to play ping-pong to do that, right, I I mean, more meaningful
0: the work. yeah the I work you, itself can be fun <laughs> i love that you created a game that's a great way to engage people and to help people at all levels of the organization see each other as human and it's not yeah. often that they get people together across functions like that, that that's yeah and game. there was
1: a lot of learning out of there and i've created games throughout my career fact, we're developing a whole bunch of different training games so that people can actually in groups train themselves. They don't need a trainer.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, We're using this concept of having a game master. So one of the benefits for me of swing dancing is that everybody who does the dances that I do is about 30 years old. Uh And so they're all millennials and they're uh, in the Lindy Hop scene. They're mostly nerds. They're yeah. all software engineers, and so they love playing strategy board games. So I get invited to these parties where we play board games, and um, so I'm kind of i have kind of minute of absorbing this millennial mindset. I really like millennials, and I think the workplace I think they're leading the change. I hope will happen in the workplace,
0: yeah.
1: and uh, so we've been trying to create games that would work for them,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that you could play a training game with a group of friends at lunch and learn how to do things like collaborative project leadership or collaborative decision making kind of thing. So I'm excited about that. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. um, the, really I think that's the training of the future. Um, did you see that uh, Harvard business review article that said leadership development doesn't work? I <laughs> used to quote that all the time when I worked for the Center for Creative Leadership, because it's so true that yeah. on its own, you know, the same rote, you know, assessment, understanding things. If you can't find a way to apply that and engage people in meaningful activity, it's, it's really not, not going to work. I love yeah. That. So yeah. if you were to give um, advice to a woman in the workplace, we're talking mostly to women in this podcast. We have a few loyal male listeners, but um, what advice would you give her in this whole category of bringing your best to work? What's a strategy that you would recommend? Well, I'm, you know, I I
1: think that the, the whole collaborative approach to working is really something that for a lot of women, sort of sinks up anyway. Um, I would sort of explore different models of leading and get good at them. You know, I think because it's much more satisfying for us as well to be able to facilitate a team instead of dictate to a group of people what happens. Yes. So, <laughs> so I think um, I think people underestimate what it it takes to get really good at collaborative skills it's not just a mindset it is a set of skills and I'm really interested in the whole subject of mastery and sort of getting joy out of mastering something I think I learned that also from dance because it's a very been a very uh challenging journey to get good at something that you start off from ground zero. So, um, so I would say, you know, the, the nice thing about mastery is that you don't expect to be great at it to begin with. There's those 10,000 hours of practice that you need. And if you can apply that within something within work, it doesn't have to be collaborative leadership, but pick something that fits with you and that, you know, you can find some joy in and and work at that get really good at it what do you think
0: yeah you hit on a really important point when you go to take dance lessons you don't expect to be the best in the room you really came to learn and you have an open mind and you're curious about new approaches and a lot of us forget that in the workplace because we think we need to prove that we already know stuff right as long as we're really addicted to being certain about the right answer, we're not going to achieve collaboration. So I love the approach. If I could walk into a workplace scenario or even a board that I serve on and say, I'm going to show up curious as if I'm here for a dance lesson. I want to ask people to understand, to to explain their point of view. I want to understand them and I want to try a new way if it might be better than mine.
1: Yeah, no,
0: I think, you know,
1: whatever, you know, we're all different, right? We have different things that sort of ring our chimes that get us excited, you know, grab onto those and work with it and expand that, you know, forget about all your weaknesses, really like work (laughs) on what, you know, you, you, you've inherited, you've acquired, you know, what is inherent to you, I guess. And sort of finding those little, you know, parts that make you sing and feel joy I'm all about the joy you know whether it's choosing clothes the what's the woman's name with the spark of joy the organizer woman I loved her you know like the, I went through my closet after I saw her program really, um, really? Marie whatever Ma- her name
0: Marie, is uh yeah uh
1: yeah I know I know the name Marie Kondo yeah right yeah and yeah yeah news, right? Yeah. I went through my whole closet, I threw everything into the little, middle of the floor, and I started, does this bring me a spark of joy, and uh, so do the same thing at work, right, does what I'm doing give me a spark of joy, right. and so expand that, if it doesn't, let somebody else who does get a spark of joy do that.
0: Absolutely, and you know what, when we take hold, or, or we try to hang on to responsibilities that don't bring us joy, because yeah. we're doing it out of some sense of obligation or responsibility, we don't realize yeah. that we might be depriving somebody of that responsibility who would really love to have it. So That's right. I keep telling my coaching clients, ask for what you want. And, and you know, if you're, if you're doing a role that doesn't feel comfortable to you or just doesn't feel synchronistic with who you are, let your boss yeah. know. I need to phase this out of my responsibility and give it to somebody else so I can do what I do best. It's yeah, a worthy yeah. question to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I think that's
1: why why we have so much fun at work because we kind of align what we're doing around what everybody is good at. So, um, what everybody loves to do and what they're good at, as opposed to trying to impose some goal that doesn't fit us onto our group. Yeah, know,
0: yeah, or try to squeeze somebody into a job description. And yeah, exactly. to an the extent, there are job descriptions that need to be fulfilled, but I think a good manager knows how to see talent in people, maybe untapped talent in people, and rewrite those jobs over time. Yeah, for I sure. That. I love that. Well, we're, we're getting down to the part where we ask my favorite question. You're and wondering, why women wine in leadership? What in the heck does wine have to do? Well, I just, I like wine, so I was trying to find an excuse to involve it in i can see that from all the bottles on your shelf yes you can see the bottles on my shelf and the sign there always do what you're afraid to do that's a sign that i use at my life strategy retreats it's a wine tasting retreat and we stick that up by the podium and it's a reminder that all of us are learning and if we're not doing something that scares the heck out of us then we're probably not challenging ourselves enough and exactly um I also found that because I read a lot about wine, I see a lot of similarities between how a, a good wine is cultivated and really good leadership. Um, Interesting. And part of it, the harmony part, is the collaboration you're talking about. You know, a, a good wine has harmony. A really fine wine, harmony between the acidity and the sugars and all of the different factors that make up the wine. Um, synchronistic. You know, it it does its exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it does the things <laughs> that make a grape healthy, um, but um, it also handles complexity um, really well. And I think um, that's why I bring the wine analogy in. And I always like to ask, what's your favorite wine? And I like the question that you brought up um, when we had our little conversation earlier. Does it have to be a single wine? Because wine is more about the experience. And I want you to explain that, about when yeah. you wine. I'm
1: not a, I'm not a wine connoisseur. Um, I like wine. And I was thinking about this question and I thought, you know, it really has much more to do with the context within which I'm drinking wine. And so the, what I was thinking about was being on vacation, um, with my husband, what's one of the things we do well together is vacation and while I'm working. And, um, (laughs) And we were in this little town north of Barcelona on the Mediterranean called Tosa del Mar. And it was sort of off season. And there were lots and lots of restaurants with all these outdoor patios. Um, and there was hardly anybody in them. And they made this great paella. And every night I would go out and they would make this homemade sangria. And it was just the best. It was just, it might not be the best sangria ever, but the whole atmosphere and just sort of being in this relaxing, quiet place and getting ready for the paella,
0: that was my favorite wine.
1: I love
0: that. I I totally get it. A lot of it is where you consume it and the conditions around it. And I've had wines in certain places. I bring that home and try to drink it in a different context and it's just not as good. (laughs) There you go, and you should know. (laughs) I know. Well, I believe so. Well, tell our audience um, how people can reach you if they're interested in the consulting work that you guys do at Matrix Management.
1: Um, Matrixmanagementinstitute.com is our website, um, so they can reach us there. We do um, consulting. We do mostly um, either working sessions or training sessions, virtual or classroom and we have some books that they can buy. And um, I'm writing five more books at the moment. So there's more coming. And uh, yeah, we'd love to talk to anybody who wants to transform how their organization operates. So
0: That's fantastic. I'm so glad. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking Thank the time you.
1: on this. It was a pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed this edition of Women, Wine, and Leadership. If you're craving a little bit more information, make sure to go to 360lifestrategies.com and check on the podcast link for more information on each episode. You can also catch some conversation at the 360 Life Strategies page on Facebook. You can see what it looks like to live a life fully balanced and um harmony with people on the instagram page at donna carlson 360. you can always check us out on linkedin and facebook in the women wine and leadership groups because we're there where you can just start a conversation with women just like you on the topics that we've discussed so that you can hopefully get some alignment and a little mentoring for your own life join us there And let us know what you think. Please rate this podcast. Until next time.